part of spring in Charlottesville, longer than dogwood trees. We can't actually find a record of him being a current employee. Well, we've been here a long time. It's WCHV. I've told you this many a day that sometimes I feel like my last good nerve is strung tight and somebody's playing dueling banjos on it. And these are, these are those days as I continue to, and you probably do as well, get more and more hair on fire emails as more and more is heard uh, out of these January 6th videos that have been uh, made available uh, by Kevin McCarthy. And more and more people, whoa, still not appropriate. You know, and, and this is, this is the new, this is the new angle on it. You still shouldn't have done it. It was still insurrection because you were out there trying to scare people into, and, and, understand there's a subtle subtext to this and it ties into why the department of justice is compiling dossiers on parents that speak out at school board meetings and you have to listen carefully for it it's i won't use the dw word no i'm not going to say they're dog whistling but when they say that you're threatening people when you're making threats, the the presence of these people, whether they were ushered, ushered in by the Capitol Police or not, were there implicitly to threaten members of this esteemed body, U.S. Congress, even though their charter seems to indicate that they're supposed to work for them. But not just specifically them. There's a lot of them out there uh, that weren't in the Capitol building on January 6th, invited or not, ushered around by Capitol Police officers, or not. But the reason my last good nerve is strung tight and they're playing dueling banjos on it is because they're again invoking this idea of threat. And we talked about this yesterday. We, we really need to get Emord back on the program. I don't, I don't care if he's running for Senate in 2024. I mean, I'm, I want to talk to him again about the book, The Authoritarians. <clears throat> anyway. The authoritarians are trying to gaslight us all again into this idea that us expecting them to be subservient to us is, is a mistake. That, that we have no right to insist that they listen to us. And that if we say, should they not listen to us, we'll try to replace them in their office we're threatening them. And there's a subtext to that that I think is very, very frightening. So if, if you were to challenge somebody in a primary, could you be arrested for threatening them? There was a case out of Colorado where a waitress called 911 because 
a customer was not happy with their service and demanded to speak to a manager about the poor service that they received. So she called 911 because the customer was threatening her. I was in one of the particularly stoned areas. It might have even been Aspen. And why shouldn't she? Our elected officials say that. If I say I want to run uh, for the Cunningham Precinct on the uh, Fluvanna County Board of Supervisors, <laughs> I'm not going to because there's actually a, a Republican and a conservative on that seat already. So why why would I do that? But maybe what, what if they started to, you know, swing to the left? What if they all of a sudden started saying, oh, maybe we should have a gun buyback program in Palmyra. And I said, whoa, not just no, but hell no, and decided I wanted to do that. And I'm, this is all just a hypothetical. And I said that. There are circles, and the circles are getting bigger and stronger, and the January 6th maelstrom that's reignited itself in the wake of these newly released footages Tucker Carlson, uh, apparently Chuck Schumer has some sway with Rupert Murdoch. All of a sudden, Tucker Carlson took a night off. After Chuck Schumer said, Rupert Murdoch ought to get him off the air. Interesting how the Senate can silence people. How many times has Denver Riggleman said Joe Thomas needs to be taken off the air? Luckily, he doesn't have an office to do that. You know, he can just sit there and silverback pound his fist saying, damn that. And where is his comments about these January? And, and, and should I share the link, share the pictures I have of me and Denver and Kevin McCarthy? Because you'd think Denver being this esteemed Intel Chief would have known that Kevin McCarthy might have been the kind of person to release these videos to Tucker Carlson. But in this metaphor, would my announcement that I was going to run against somebody for their elected office be constituted as a threat, something that they could call the constabulary over? And that's the gaslighting we're getting now because their job is so special. Their job is so important. They are so important that merely saying, I'm going to run against you could be seen as a threat. Merely saying, I don't want you to keep this job could be seen as a threat worthy of law enforcement, worthy of incarceration, worry about life-ruining consequences, simply by saying, hey, I don't think you should be on the Albemarle Board of Supervisors anymore. We've got to protect our phony baloney job, gentlemen. We must do something about this immediately, immediately, immediately. Harumph, 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 harumph. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. Without a government board. You're mocking me, aren't you? Oh, no. WCHV.
Yes, we are. And uh, you know, on the gaslit streets of central Virginia or Oklahoma or Alabama or New York City, wherever you're listening right now, uh, 434-964-1075, I have an interesting person that I want to ask about the January 6th videos that have come to light, and he's going to join us after the 845 news, after we finish with the United Way of Greater Charlottesville. His name is Mark Warner. We had been talking about having him on the show anyway, and I know he wants to talk about some of the cyber stuff uh, that he's trying to get past uh, to, quote, protect us from Huawei. And, and there are some things in there that aren't necessarily wrong-headed. Uh, and uh, you know, there, are, there, there is certainly stuff to discuss there, but we're going to start, whether he knows it or not, talking about the January 6th videos, at least in this case, unlike John Podesta's emails, you may remember that interchange where it immediately became, and curiously became, well, we don't know where these came from. They could have come from the Russians or the Chinese. And that became the narrative. Before, before the ink was even dry on the WikiLeaks reports on John Podesta's emails. And remember, that's, that's how all those Democrats came to, if you want to say collusion, whatever. There were an awful lot of Democrats that didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016 because they found out what John Podesta, uh, because of John Podesta's emails, because he clicked on one of those phishing scams. And I'm sorry, I can only relate to you the realities of it. Nobody to this date, since the summer of 2016, has ever denied the veracity of of what you saw in John Podesta's emails detailing how Hillary Clinton, through John and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, colluded to keep Bernie Sanders from getting as many delegates as he uh, could conceivably have collected on the way to the nominating convention in Philadelphia. Having seen that, and I have video footage, remember we were still doing the TV simulcast at the time, and I did a whole TV segment with a Bernie bro that was on the SEPTA train with me on the way from the media hotel to the convention center. But Mark Warner can't deny where these videos came from because they came from Kevin McCarthy's office. So I want to find out what uh, what his feeling is on this. I, I would be curious to know if he's ever seen these footages, considering the multitude of hours, tens of thousands of hours of footage that were conveniently edited out of the made-for-TV made miniseries known as the January 6th hearings. Hollywood for ugly people. It was, it was daytime melodrama. Not very good actors. Very, very high production value. And now we see what was on the cutting room floor. It's like getting the director's cut of Blade Runner. And all the stuff that they made Ridley Scott take out. So it would be curious to see. But it, was, it strikes me that I saw this and I was it was on the thing. And then uh, our friend John sent it to me in an email as well this morning. He saw it and thought it was notable. So I, I moved it up the hierarchy of needs. It's uh, a poll. It was done on the term woke. And, and this ties in with the 
threat assessment that comes with feeling that I might try to oust you from your cushy elected position. And that's threatening me. I want somebody to arrest him for threatening me. So USA Today, which, you know, back in the day, the leftists used to love, oh, that's the Sung Young Moon cult. They used to say the same things about USA Today that they currently say about Epoch Times or Epic Times. I've heard it pronounced either way. I, I say Epic Times just because I see the word and it's an epic. You remember back in the 70s and early 80s when if you want, if you read USA Today, oh, you're reading that cult newspaper. That's a Sun Young Moon cult newspaper. It's the same thing they say about Epic Times now. It's, it's not Sun Young Moon, it's a different cult. It's not applicable, but I just thought it was notable because now they love them some USA Today. USA Today Ipsos poll finds that Americans, according to the news reporter, are divided on whether woke is a compliment or an insult. Understand the, the thin-skinnedness of the elected officials who, if you're in the Capitol building with them, that's a threat. The citizens are... But is it the citizens are getting ugly? You're damn right they are. When asked what it means to be woke, but that's not how they were asked. So let me read to you the question. If someone described you as woke, would you consider it an insult or a compliment? And if you actually read the poll, the number of people that said it was an insult, 60% to 40% that said it was a compliment. I don't know how that's split. If somebody won an election, 60 to 40, they would have said that the uh, so-elected uh, official ran away with the election. 60% of us, Democrats, Republicans alike, 25% of Democrats consider it an insult. Forty percent of, of 42% of independents view it as an insult. Thinking again about what it means to be woke. This is a second question in this USA Today Ipsos Facto poll. Thinking again about what it means to be woke, which of the following comes closest to your view if, even if neither is exactly right? So understand how they're hurting you. So if you heard this question, thinking again about what it means to be woke, which of the following comes closest to your view even if neither is exactly right? To be informed, educated, and aware of social injustices. Or to be, uh, the other option is, to be overly politically correct and police others' words. Now that's a push-pull question, because the immediate uh, implication is that one is a decidedly negative premise, it, it is developed off the negative. 
and the other one is, oh, to be informed. Well, you know, you ask the average person, well, I want to be informed. I, I believe myself to be informed. So they're publishing this out, but yet, you know, when, when it's just simply is it an insult or a compliment, most of us think of it as an insult to be woke. But now circle back to the January 6th discovery, let's call it, of all these videos that show that the, the narrative you were told about threatening people, doing threatening things in places of high esteemed judiciousness, threatening to overturn the very premises that are America, the very things that make America, America, and they were threatening us, or the school board member that wants the FBI to investigate some mom who says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a petition together to recall you and get you thrown out of this office. Hello, please? I'm feeling threatened. This is where we are now. The premise is that s simply criticizing somebody, simply saying, I disagree with you, is ostensibly making a threat against them. Giving Joe Thomas's wife a way to find out where he is every morning. For over 14 years, Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. Joe Thomas in the morning, 434-964-1075, wherever you are. And if you have the free, pardon me, free Seville 1075 smartphone app. And I call it, just a quick programming note, a formatic note. The reason I call it the Seville 1075 smartphone app is that if you go to the uh, Apple Store or to your Google Play Store, it's easier to find that way. Um, if you type in WCHV, you have to scroll down a little bit until you find it. I'm not sure why, but uh, Seville 1075 is how it's more easily identified. That's the only reason I call it that. But if you have one of those, uh, there's a dialer function right in there. And there you are. You're calling in. You, so you also send emails that way. I've gotten a, re, uh, received a few of those already this morning. There I was back in Queens. I, I gotten a couple of things here. Uh, but Matt is on the phone because I've triggered him because I used the Chuck word this morning. I said, uh, Chuck you this morning, and Matt's uh, Matt's been triggered already this morning. I guess you are woke, or is it awake, Matt? I'm awake, and I am amazed. No, I am not amazed. I am upset and frustrated that 40% of those respondents think that that is a compliment it's scary isn't it it, it, it that the the mere fact that the people that that many people 
think that way is very frustrating. Now you're a wordsmith. And you're, you're a wordsmith by trade. Is it a, what has happened in in the word woke in the entomology of the word woke? Is that we have created a synaptic? Is that a word? I think I just invented it, but a synonymous relationship between the word woke and the word considerate. And and I don't think they're even at all equitable, but that's how people view the word. The, the people who view it as a compliment think to be woke is to be considerate uh, when it isn't at all, in my view. Well, people are always looking for shortcuts in language. They are looking for simple words that will encompass huge amounts of thought and emotion. And unfortunately, what this does is this muddies the playing field rather than clarifying things. Mm -hmm. Because if, especially with a word like woke that has come to represent so many things, I could consider myself to be woke. And to me, that is X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. You could consider yourself to be woke, but to you, that's A, B, and C. We are not necessarily talking about the same things because we're using this shorthand of a single word that is supposed to represent so much. Mm -hmm. So, but... Well, you know, but and, and, you know, but the, but the, and I was just pulling up the, the dates and times, and I forget the guy, he's famous... Uh, and I feel bad that I don't remember him, but I don't, I don't chronicle movie producers as much as some other people do. But remember woke as a, as a hashtag, as a, as a campaign. And it was a campaign, uh, began with the esteemed sociologist and political scientist Molly Ringwald. And, uh, Molly Ringwald, uh, was interviewed by Entertainment Tonight or somebody, Billy Bush probably. And, and she said that she doesn't show the movie Breakfast Club to her children because she's embarrassed by the character that she was playing, uh, and, and the stereotypes that she felt it, it reinforced. And thus begins the woke movement. And, and it's no more than that. And, and it, at that level, you can think it's silly. You can think it's shallow and, and, you, you, that as a parent, you would say, well, this is what I did, and this is why I did it. Let's talk about it. Uh, but she wanted to avoid such muckiness. So uh, so she decided that things like The Breakfast Club should be removed from movie screens because they depict stereotypes that we, we don't agree with anymore. And that begins the woke movement. And anyone who claims they're woke, think about that for a second. You're following Molly Ringwald across some bridge. Well... And and this is this is part of the difficulty that I have with the left in that if Molly Ringwald does not want to show this movie to her children, that's fine. That's her business. They're her children. If she doesn't want to show them how stupid she was in her twenties, yeah, that's but fine. she's a celebrity. But but Molly Ringwald has no business telling me what I can and cannot show to my children. 
Uh, but they, this is the thing. The, the cult of personality has created this, the, this influencer business model. And, and that's actually a thing now is, uh, you know, what was it? Paige Spiranak used to be a golfer, uh, actually officially said, nah, I'm not golfing anymore. I make more money just putting YouTube videos or TikTok videos or whatever of me mm-hmm. wearing a low cut blouse. Um, because that didn't work for Jane Mansfield at all. So I'm not saying we're inventing something yeah. new here, uh, but these influencers, and there's a dark subtext to that. Uh, the, you know, that's the, when, when Mark Warner's on later on, you know, this is, this is the whole, uh, kids and their screens and what are they seeing and what are the Chinese communists pushing through their TikTok feed and all of this stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of influencers out there and parents are sitting there looking to guys like Chuck Schumer and Mark Warner to fix the influencer problem. When I point at the parents and say, you're supposed to be influencers number one and two. Yes, I said two. Yeah, well, it, I mean, <clears throat> the influencers have influence because people watch them. If people don't watch them, if people just turn them off mm-hmm. and if they tell if they tell their kids you'd have that on the phone the phone goes away um and this is if they don't influence then they're no longer influencers but while you have mark warner on with you if there is an uncomfortable silence and you're looking for a question to throw at him Ask him why, after everything we know now about the Federal Bureau of Intimidation, that they are getting rewarded with a new headquarters. This is a federal agency that should be fighting tooth and nail for its very existence. Right. This is something that should be burned out of the body politic with pitchforks and torches, they're giving them a new headquarters. And and an agency... Marcus Marcus Wolf would be proud. An agency born of a constitutional amendment that was so bad we turned around and undid it uh, in, in rare fashion. We rarely undo constitutional amendments. Uh, but but once we realized what prohibition had become, we we immediately well, politically in the political version of immediately undid it, um, and and yet the FBI remains looking for revenuers. I I don't know. I you know, looking for uh, moonshiners, well, I mean, or looking is, for mobsters. This, it 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 comes down to the idea that you have a bureaucracy in search of a mission. I mean, this was the problem with NATO for many, many years. It was simply a military bureaucracy in search of a mission, which is how they got involved in Bosnia. Well, this is also Nigel Farage's point about how we created the Ukrainian invasion because NATO, in search of a mission, continued continued to treat Russia like the Soviet Union. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and they just, they just kept poking. They just kept poking, poking at the bear. And now you've got a crisis that could turn into something real. 
Well, remember, NATO is mostly generals, though, so, you know, somebody invading <laughs> someone else is not a crisis. It's an opportunity. Um, but yeah. I must uh, run here soon, Matt. I appreciate it, as always. Sorry for triggering you for bringing up Chuck Schumer, but uh, don't you don't it, you think it's it, frighteningly powerful when all of a sudden Tucker Carlson takes a night off on Fox right after Chuck Schumer says, Rupert Murdoch should know better, and he knows they're yeah. telling the big lie. Oh God! If the clip just... wasn't so, if the clip of Chuck Schumer in that speech wasn't so long, I would suggest that you play it just so people can actually hear how despicable he is in mm-hmm. that speech. Oh, he's it's some of the most frightening. I mean, since the McCarthy hearings, not Kevin. Um, yeah, and, and and if we have hearings over these videos, would we have to call them the McCarthy hearings again? McCarthy two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> electric boogaloo but that's you know it is and maybe i will maybe i will have a few moments before the six o'clock news matt but i appreciate it as and, always and i mean the thing the thing with chuck schumer is that he has no shame no to answer to answer the very original question from the 50s no he has no shame right he is he is the it, it, when we talk about the people who just want 50 50.1 percent that's chuck Whatever he has to say to get to fifty point one percent is is what he is going to say. He is is such a political yep. weather vane. It's 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 laughable. I mean, the the whole point about the border, the most famous clips about the border, is the clips of him saying we need a wall to defend the border, and then you know a few years later, different president. Oh my God, this is the most racist thing ever. Um, yep. So it, it's. It, that's why I use the phrase multifaceted, Matt, because sometimes the, <laughs> there are more than just two faces. Uh, but I appreciate it, sir. You have a blessed morning. All right. You take care. We have been around for almost 90 years. This morning alone. And not a sign of any slowing down. I took four meetings. at Seville Coffee. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking, from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. Now, hold on. Chuck Schumer just said, by using all this video, he's convinced us, or trying to convince us, that what we saw with our own lie... That's, that's the fun stuff. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January 6th. Their lives were put in danger, as were the lives of many of my colleagues, as well as police, maintenance staff, reporters, countless others. At one point, I was within 30 feet of the rioters. Oh, no. One of them, I was told, shouted out, let's get him. Before my detail pulled me away, and we ran in the other direction. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. 
I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. Again, hear the implication. You're too stupid to look. What's the phrase? Are you going to believe me or your own lying eyes? I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. Now understand, go back to January 7th's archives of this program. What did I say at 5.07 on January 7th? President Trump made some enormous mistakes. First and most egregious of them, he should have kept everyone on the lawn where they were. I'm sorry, you just shouldn't. He, don't hand them this stuff. If there's concern, and we know now through just piles and piles of evidence, there was concern from both sides that something was going to happen. That there were people who were going to try to make the president look bad by causing something to happen. So why give them the opportunity? So don't mischaracterize my position on what happened on January 6th. The president should have said, hey, we've got Chris Stapleton coming out now to sing us a song and, you know, and, and sh shout loudly so they can all hear you back there at the Capitol building or whatever they do. But keep them there. Don't, don't tell them to go peacefully. I don't care if you said go peacefully, let your voices be heard. Nobody who's ever engaged in large crowds uh, for a second would tell you sending a large crowd of people is something you can in organize. Ask anyone who puts on a British Premier League soccer game. Once you get a crowd of people, a mob, the mob mentality takes over. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. And That's Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable as Mr. Carlson. For showing you the Speaker video. Speaker McCarthy's decision to share security footage with Fox looked like a mistake from the very beginning. Because seeing but what was going last on, night, so, it looks like a disaster. Because you saw what was actually Speaker going on. Speaker McCarthy has played a treacherous, a treacherous game. Now that's an important word. Catering to the hard right. He's enabled the big lie and has further eroded away at our precious democracy. Which is when people don't what? believe elections are on the level, that's the beginning of the end. And now, and that's where Chuck Schumer and Matt can attest to this. This is his dark brilliance. He can squeeze a little statement like that in there that has some truthiness to it. But, but who, Chuck, is causing us to think that way?